0: you white, and we could see the same, cut the cord with neither side to blame, and you may tell me then how it ought to be, guided by the lies you fail to see, and it may comfort you, but it won't help. i The truth I see brings tears to my eyes.
1: i McFadden, and today is the third airing of our new show I'm starting called End of the Tunnel. As CFRC's Community Arts Coordinator, I want to use this platform to uplift artists during this pandemic as local arts are hit hardest. As the vaccine rollout occurs, it feels like we are reaching the brighter end of the dark tunnel that has been COVID-19. This show hopes to highlight the events in, King- in the Kingston arts industry, whether they be online and in person. I do have a lot of events for you this week and in future weeks as far as the arts go. So, first, Hydra, a story on water presented by Calopy Collectives. Where previous Calipi Collective celebrations encourage an examination of participants' relationship to the land, Hydra aims to encourage people to re-examine their relationship with water. Many of us have taken solace on, in, and with the water over the past year. During the months of our second and third lockdowns, we went into the community and schools to ask, what is your connection to water? Continuing with the project process that started during our December afloat exhibit workshop, your answers came to us in the form of hundreds of beautifully painted canvas flags, which will contribute to the construction of our community float for Hydra, a story on water. This installation is being created in collaboration by professional artists and community members. Hashtag TogetherApart, reminding us of the resiliency of the human spirit to still creatively and meaningfully gather, even while we are asked to be a part. Although the festival cannot run as regular, they will be presenting online on Sunday, June 20th, through Instagram and other social media platforms to talk to you about it so keep up with the Calopy collective instagram and more on this later we also have the deep sonic futurisms and hyperdimensional rhythms at agnes on wednesday june 2nd 2021 from 3 to 4 30 artist josepha netgem who is from france and joe thomas from london uk delve into music and mystery through their exhibit called drift art and dark matter humans observe the dark deep sea the deep earth and deep space but can never grasp them music seems to drift from somewhere beyond and can teach us about the modes of presence without capture or possession about better ways of moving relating and being embedded in this rocky wet blue green world so check out their live stream Radio show on Discord and register through Agnes or through Kingston under their events section. We also have the Isabel and Alfred Bader Lecture in European Arts at Agnes on Ju- Friday, June the 4th, 2021, from 1 p.m. until 2 30. All major Dutch collections have paintings representing Black figures, and the Bader collection at Agnes has no exception. For a long time, Black presence in Dutch 17th century art went unaccounted for, and scholarship has largely ignored the presence of black figures. In this lecture, Dr. Elmer Kolfen, a professor at the University of Amsterdam, examines why black figures recur so frequently in Dutch art and whether and why Rembrandt's approach differed from that of his contemporaries. You can register through Agnes or through KingstonMuseums.ca under their event page. Today, I am joined by the co-curator of Canada's Festival of Live Digital Art, or Folda, and his name is Michael Wheeler. Welcome, Michael.
2: Hi, Sadie. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, of course. So FULDA is back for its fourth year. It was began in 2018, and it has a great lineup of live digital art performances curated and created specifically for online audiences. The festival is from June 9th to 13th, and you can buy tickets for only $20 per an individual performance at folda.ca. So the first thing, Michael, I think we need to explain to our viewers is what is digital performance art?
2: Sure, yeah, I mean, I guess the answer to that is, changing often and um, like currently, but I guess context about the festival, the festival itself um, used to and will in the future occur at the Isabel Bader Center for the Performing Arts here in Kingston. And so for the first two years um, of the festival, the answer to your question was uh, live digital art is all of the strange and wonderful performances that would happen uh, mostly in and around the Isabel all of which had some element of digital technology integrated into them. And so live digital art was something that you could attend um, in person, or maybe you could stay home and watch a live stream, or maybe you went to a place and uh, you tweeted during the thing, or or maybe you went for a walk and you listened to a podcast and it it did what you told it to do. You did what the podcast told you to do, pardon me. And so, And then obviously in the context of the pandemic, in the third and fourth year now of the festival, the live digital art that we can present, which isn't all of it, is the type that doesn't require people to gather together in the same room.
1: That seems to be really a great understanding of what live digital art is. And so I also was wondering if you could maybe highlight, some examples of performances that have happened at Folda whether it be in past years or this upcoming year just to give people a little bit better of an understanding.
2: Yeah you know the one that jumps out at me right away because it actually fits into both categories is a show called Good Things to Do. So uh, Good Things to Do started uh, at Folda um, as a show that occurred in the, con- in the rehearsal hall there. And you experienced it in person. There was actually an incredible amount of tents and um, like mattresses that were installed in the rehearsal hall. And you went into a tent and there was a computer in there and you had this interactive kind of self-care uh, experience with a computer live with other people. And so it was really profound in-person experience. And um, without, totally without Folda, af- when the pandemic started, the creators of that piece created a new version that you experienced at home, and that you didn't need to go into rehearsal, you didn't need to go into a tent, and, and they adopted it as an at-home experience. And so we brought that back to Folda this year. The show that was originally a, a physically experienced show is now a, you know, a distance experience show, uh, after the artists have adapted it themselves on their own. And we have a show that we're co-presenting that occurs in virtual reality. And then we have some that occur on Zoom and some that are live streams. And so um, I think what distinguishes the offerings of this year as in opposed to last year is that uh, it's coming at us in lots of different ways, not necessarily a performance that is filmed and then live streamed.
1: Well, that sounds amazing that you have so many amazing artists who are able pivot their creations in order to fit the circumstances of, its, of the time that we are living in. So also, Michael, I just wanted to get to know you a little bit better. So how did you get into this niche field?
2: Yeah, good question. Thanks. So I am an assistant professor in the Dance School of Drama and Music, and I'm also the um, Director of Artistic Research at Spiderweb Show. And Spiderweb Show is a company that makes all sorts of work uh, related to technology and and, and liveness. Um, And so uh, I run Spiderweb Show with my two collaborators, uh, Sarah Garton Stanley and Adrian Wong. Uh, Adrian Wong is the artistic director of Spiderweb Show currently, uh, but all three of us have held the artistic directorship at, at some point. Uh, and, we, and we like to call ourselves the triangle uh, and and we try to arrive at consensus kind of based decision making between the three of us. Um, and uh, and so that's been a really awesome relationship for us. I think the company is almost seven years old and uh, and about halfway through the life of the company, we realized that um, we were just doing, we, our activities were not focused enough. We were known as a digital theater company, I guess, and, and all three of us have um, you know credentials working with other companies that have been important in the past. But we were just kind of like, just doing this digital thing and this digital thing, and there was no kind of consistency or even kind of to, to what we were offering or even what our lives were like. And so um, we decided that what we wanted to do is start a festival where every year you come to this festival and you find out what's going on this year with digital technology and live performance. And so that's really why we started Foldout. We were like, our organization needs to focus on what we do. And what we're trying to do is explore this question of what is happening to live performance and liveness in the context of all of these unprecedented technological developments. And one way to do that, that we all are excited about, all three of us, is making a space where that work appears uh, every year and investigates and interrogates it.
1: So does that mean that this festival can be viewed from places other than Kingston?
2: Oh, yeah, it can be viewed around the world, uh, which is actually like, you know, something super exciting that I think a lot of companies have discovered in the pandemic. It's not just a specific to kind of Fold a strategic advantage all of a sudden, but, you know, you can reach anyone who has an internet connection now, whereas proposed to the first years of folder where I could, you know, well, not true, because we would live stream some things out because we're us, but, you know, some performances were only accessible if I convinced someone to either, uh, travel to Kingston or or be someone who lived in Kingston and come physically, you know, down to King street. And so, uh, you know, one example, I always like to cite about this is that, um, outside the March is a Toronto based theater company. And I think they ended up in the New York times twice during the pandemic, uh, because they had a distance performance that, you know, reached the right critics in New York city. And, um, that was something they could never achieve uh, in pre pandemic times, even though they're very, um, you know, well-lauded company in Toronto, just the mechanics of usually attracting the attention of the New York Times is too much. They want you to, you know, bring a show physically to New York, but that's not no longer the the kind of barrier for that sort of review to happen.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting how technology has globalized our world and opened up all of these new possibilities. On your website, I actually saw that J. Kelly Nestruck from the Globe and Mail said that the performance festival, Folda, never needed to pivot and that it is ahead of its time. Michael, do you think that these words still ring true during the current lockdown, considering that the festival is from June 9th to 13th and we're still expecting to be in the same state as we are right now?
2: Well, they're very kind words from Kelly, and I'll just say, as an artist who's received many types of reviews from the Globe and Mail over my career, it's very nice to hear those ones read aloud. Um, but uh, to speak to the substance of them, I'll just say that one the thing that we're potentially most proud of at Spiderweb Show as the producers of Fulda is that we have actually never had to pivot, as the quote says, in that we have put on the festival every year, um, at this on the same dates that we always said we were going to put it on and paid uh, most importantly you know professional rates to all of those artists and so this has been just such you know it's kind of mind-bending how terrible the pandemic has been in particular for you know musicians and theater artists and dancers people who you know rely on being in a space with other people for, to generate revenue and um, and so just to be able to play a small part of, of putting out some, small amount of professional fees to artists on the regular schedule uh, is something we really are super happy that we are able to do. Um, And I would just say that, I don't know if we're ahead of our time anymore. I think like we were super ahead of our time even last year, but everyone in the world learned to do the things that we've been doing previously this year. And so a great nervousness I have is actually, perhaps we've lost our strategic advantages. The world has learned all of our special skills all of a sudden.
1: Although I cannot comment on that myself, I am attending the festival, so I will keep you updated. You can keep listening to CFRC 101.9 FM to hear a review from me, Sadie McFadden, your host, about one of their shows called Frequency. And with that, Michael, would you like to introduce the song that we're going to listen to during our break?
2: Oh yeah, I um, I asked you to queue up um, The Unforgotten by Iskway. And and the reason that I picked that was that, uh, um, you know last year, the the way that the public health orders were, we couldn't host a physical concert, but we did host a live streamed concert by Iskway, uh, live from the theater center in Toronto and broadcast for free to the world. And it was a, one of my favorite moments from last year's festival. Um, full disclosure, she didn't sing The Unforgotten because she was Um, presenting some pieces from her newer album, but I thought The Unforgotten would be good for this, so here's Esquay. Hey
1: everybody, you're listening to CFRC 101.9 FM. I am your host, Sadie McFadden, and today I am talking to Fulda's co-curator, Michael Wheeler. You just heard The Unforgotten by Esquay, Esque is a Cree Métis of the Manitoba Métis Federation born and raised in Treaty One territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, birthplace of the Métis Nation. This song is off of the album, which was nominated for a Juno Award for Adult Alternative Album of the Year. Thank you to Michael for suggesting this piece for us to listen to today. So in light of hearing an Indigenous artist, Michael, I know that Isque was one of the artists you've heard in recent years, which I think does show your ability to bring forward marginalized voices. So Fulda has made promises regarding equity and accessibility in previous years. And I was just wondering, how will that be done in 2021's festival?
2: Well, that's... Uh... A really great question, and I think you know. Um, sidebar: uh, Part of my job as an assistant professor at Queens is I run the Arts Leadership Graduate Program, and so uh, something we're talking about a lot in our classes is how many organizations made promises when George Floyd was murdered, and like you know, what's now we're a year away from that, we can start to hopefully ask people f- for some results connected to those promises. Uh, and so, with regards to Foldit, I'm not sure that I, like, that anyone who's programming anything artistic should say, like, I'm going to point at these things and say, this is my proof that, I, that it's inclusive. But I wouldn't um, invite anyone who has questions about that to look at our programming and ask themselves whether we've been in- inclusive and in how we programmed. Internally, uh, we have a real commitment to inclusive values. Uh, in terms not only of like programming, which, you know, broadly I think is more understood as like what we'll call diversity, uh, but also within our leadership structures and our programming structures and our power structures, which is, I think, the place that um, there's actually the most yearning for change. Um, to address your question about accessibility, I have to say that I really love answering that question ever since we started doing Fulda because uh, the answer has always been the same, which is Clayton Beraniak, who um, for the first festival was our uh, accessibility coordinator um, as, a, as a freelance accessibility coordinator, but now has moved on to be managing director of um, the electric company theater, which is based out of Vancouver um, and is, um, you know, one of their m- most highly noted experimental theater companies in Vancouver. And so as Clayton's taken on that role, he's kept, uh, the electric company now is the producers of the accessibility supports for Folda. So Clayton attends meetings with all of the producers, with all of the artists involved. Understands what format and shape that each digital work is going to be presented at, and then you know uh, looks at what sort of accessibility. Um, options would make sense for that work, or perhaps aren't required because the work already has it built in, or and can make suggestions to the artists or suggestions about how it's full that could better support the artists. And then within a budget that Clayton has, then you know we try to make the, the most accessible festival we can for the amount of money that we have for accessibility. Um, so that is not to say that every single event has every possible accessibility element built into it, but we've done our best to, you know, maximize our resources and also um, make those resources um, available to, to the community that might want to avail themselves of them.
1: That's so great that that's part of your finances and your budget for this festival, because oftentimes I think it isn't in a lot of festivals. What is your hope for your participants and your artists to get out of the of Festival?
2: Honestly, I just like we, you know, this, this podcast, this radio show is about, you know, just being almost at the end and like it does feel like this festival is maybe like the last kind of arts thing until we get back to the new thing. Like we know if, in Ontario where this festival is based out of, um, you know, that we're still gonna be under a stay-at-home order when this festival goes on. And so it's the last hurrah of this, this format of art, of live digital art, this festival. And we've done our best to program things that um, really have incredible stories or incredible artist um, talents. And that um, you don't need to come to full, to, to like eat your vegetables and like support the arts, but. But come to um, really be inspired and and see incredible art uh, in this last mode uh, before we look back, not so fondly at this time, but but still, you know, understanding that it was a specific time where we, you know, kept the candle burning.
1: Thank you so much, Michael, for joining me today on End of the Tunnel on CFRC 101.9 FM located in Kingston, Ontario, Carthurs Hall. I am so excited to go to the festival myself. And so everybody buy your tickets. They are selling out fast. I looked this morning and there's already sold out shows, which is awesome for you, Michael.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, don't be discouraged by that also because there's some shows that can only accommodate a few people so that they're going to go fast. And there's some shows that there's unlimited... Tickets were because that's the nature of that show. So folda.ca, come check it out. What you can what you can get yourself into.
1: Awesome. So the festival passes or individual tickets, individual tickets being $20, can be purchased online at folda.ca starting May 13th, 2021, which has already passed. And you can look at the full lineup and the artist's biographies which can also be found at folda.ca. The festival is from June 9th until 13th. You are listening to CFRC 101.9 FM located in Kingston, Ontario on Queen's University's campus. I hope you all have a great day and thank you for listening to End of the Tunnel. Thank you for listening to End of the Tunnel. Produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.